This is Heart of a Lion, the official podcast of UNA Athletics. Suzuki crosses the timeline with two half-court heave on the way. She hit it. Gains the trigger. Bounces left to the 15 outside to the 10. Cuts up to the 5 for the pylon. Dives. Touchdown, North Alabama. Parker triggers his second rushing score of the ball game. Susie, his shot fake, drives in. Runner on the way. Trickles in. Counted in one for Will Susie. Drive towards center. This ball's way out of here. Two-run home run, Georgia land. I'm Benjamin Ray, and you're listening to Heart of a Lion, the official podcast of the University of North Alabama, presented by Club Tales, the original cocktail in a can. It's time for our yearly Hall of Fame edition. The Hall of Fame ceremony is taking place at homecoming last Saturday. It was a great morning we had the breakfast we had a lot of former hall of famers back in the house then we got to hear six great speeches i was fortunate enough to catch up with four of the six inductees into this year's hall of fame class coming up you'll hear from national champion winning volleyball coach matt peck former una ace and one of my espn broadcast partners trey mitchell pasla swoop jackson of una volleyball it's pretty cool two volleyball players getting inducted and then of course the school's all-time leading score in soccer chloe roberts the stars aligned for her to be in attendance she's an assistant coach at marshall they were in alabama playing troy over the weekend which allowed her to come to the hall of fame festivities then the rest of the guests were all lion legends we started off with andy jones former volleyball and softball coach also one of our espn analysts we chatted with her how cool it was to see two members of the una volleyball program go in and a former coach and a former player that she actually coached Tyrone Rush was in town for the second consecutive weekend from California. Always great to chat with Tyrone. And then we're going to wrap it up with with perhaps the most epic line legend conversation we've ever had. I was sitting down chatting with Johnny Long. Gary Elliott walked by and I said, hey, Coach Elliott, hop on the podcast with us. He said, okay. So we got some great stories from Johnny Long and Gary Elliott. At one point, I just kind of got out of the way and let the two of them run with it. And it should be pretty entertaining for everyone. All right, so we'll roll the tape. Up first, Matt Peck. We kick off the Hall of Fame podcast, welcoming in former UNA volleyball coach Matt Peck. Coached North Alabama to the national championship in 2003. During his career, they made eight straight NCAA appearances, four trips to the Elite Eight, played in two Final Fours. Of course, the highlight winning the 2003 Division II National Championship, the first ever national championship for a women's sport in UNA athletic history. Matt Peck, it's great to have you here on this Hall of Fame Saturday. Thank you. Uh, It's exciting to be back. I got in late last night, so I was kind of turned around. I was staying at the Hampton Inn downtown here, but once the sun was out, I walked around and everything looked familiar. There's some new buildings and stuff too, but, you know, spent nine years here, so I kind of know campus by the back of my hand. You get the call about getting into the Hall of Fame. What's the instant reaction? Uh, excited. I mean, I know that we had a lot of the players, I think it was eight of eight or nine of them, I can't remember, who have been in the Hall of Fame. Of course, I continued coaching after leaving here for another 12 years, I think. And so uh, I, I was excited to hear from Jeff. And, uh, you know, so since I got the announcement, I've kind of been really looking forward to this day. Let's talk about your career, some of the highlights, and let's start with the national championship. 2003, first ever national championship for women's sport. Uh, take us back to 03. What are the memories that come back when you reflect on that? Well, the, the first memory is that I was on the, I was the, the region rep for the national committee to pick the team. So we did the regional rankings. Eight teams were to get into the NCAA tournament. 
So uh, I was the chair of that committee. Well, after we got the automatic qualifiers and the RPIs, there was one spot left for two teams, UNA and I believe the other team was Washburn. So I had to excuse myself from the call. I couldn't vote for myself. So when they came back on the call, uh, they had put me in that spot. And the funny thing is, so we were the last team in the NCAA tournament to win the whole thing. So I think it was kind of an inspiration to this day. Uh, I've talked to the coach at West Florida most recently to talk to her team about, hey, you know, we were the last team to get in, and we won the whole thing. So it was kind of, it was kind of uh, ironic almost. Have you thought about, you know, the importance of winning that first national championship for, for female sports? Softball went on to win it in 2016. Yes, and I remember you, that. Have you thought about just what that means for your program to be the first? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I think when I interviewed here, um, you know, there was no real volleyball, of great volleyball history here. The team had never made it to the NCAA tournament. So, but when I realized that football had won three national championships, the baseball team was really good, that I thought we could do it here. So uh, I didn't quite expect it to turn around as fast as it did. <laughs> so in our second year here, we, we hosted the NCAA regional. So, uh, but, but yeah, it, was a, it was a great uh, mile marker for the university that they put that much money into one of their women's programs. What did it take for you to get things rolling? Um, we worked really hard recruiting to get players in. Um, I had friends from up north tell me about players, Rhonda and Rachel Price. That came from our tennis coach at Wayne State. She went to Merrillville High School in Indiana and told me, Matt, there's these twins there. And so we brought them down. Both of them are doctors now, both of them first-team All-American, academic All-American. Rachel Price was the NCAA Student Athlete of the Year. So it was, it was kind of that thing, like, oh, I know somebody, you know, when I got the job and stuff. So, uh, you know, just connections in this sport and in all sports are just huge. Then from the coaching perspective, the Price sisters, we know them so well up here at UNA. What's it like seeing them excel on the court and then graduate, just going to outstanding careers? Incredible, incredible. Uh, 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 Jeff Motluck, who was my assistant at the time, uh, his mom had, um, had her jaw removed from cancer and was disfigured and it turns out Rachel Price working at Purdue uh, developed artificial skin that Jeff's mom benefited from so that we came kind of full circle a little bit with that. Any other memories from coaching here at uh, UNA? So many. I'm going to tell two of them when I get up on the stage there but uh, you know it, it was it was so unexpected to have it happen so fast and then eight in a row was just unbelievable really. And, you know, we put UNA on the map as far as volleyball-wise goes. And, uh, I mean, we had kids from Alabama and, you know, from all over. And everybody who came on campus, including the international students, were like, oh, my God, I really love it here. So it, it, it was kind of easy here, to be honest. Now, we're catching you before the big speech. Uh, can you give us a tease on something you might say up there? Yes. I had an encounter with Leo III when he was a Cub, a live encounter. And I'm going to talk about that. And then... Uh, Another, I had another encounter with Leo One when I first interviewed. So I'm going to talk about those two things. And then, of course, I'm going to talk about uh, what happened when we got back from the national championship on a Sunday night. Hey, you had a great reception when you guys returned, right? Yes, we did. Do you, t take me back to that crowd and just the, 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 the way they made you guys feel. So uh, we landed at... Uh, Muscle Shoals International Airport. I say that tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> yes. And uh, uh, Dr. Erdman at the time, the AD, had a uh, police escort to bring us into town. And the girls were like, oh, my God, this is cool. So when we got in front of Flowers Hall, there was probably two or 300 people there. 
So that was, a, that was an awesome experience. We didn't expect it. It was late Sunday night. We had a, a layover in Memphis and stuff. So it, that was... That was huge for me. That was just really impressive. I think of the iconic photos, some of the players getting off. I, I, I can picture it in my head. They're getting off. I can't remember the players' names. Holding the national championship. Yep. And you can just so, see the smiles yeah, on yeah. their face. Yeah, we were, The thing is, on the plane, we were wondering, how, how are we going to get this trophy on the plane? But uh, they let us on with it, no who, problem. Who carried it on? I'm trying to remember. Um, I th Maybe it was... Uh, Yana Nanova or Ashley Moffat, one of the two. I can't remember, but uh, somewhere somebody has pictures of it, so I don't oh, know. Maybe, that's maybe those will show up sometime. Matt Peck, I hope you enjoy this Thank Hall of you Fame very Saturday. Much. Oh, Congratulations. We'll Thank you very much. Next up, we welcome in a baseball standout from 2008 to 2011, a Florence, Alabama native, won a ton of awards as a pitcher, set a school record with 12 wins back in the 2011 season, going 12-2 on way to a 23-10 all-time record, third most wins in school history. One of my ESPN Plus broadcast partners for baseball, we got to add that into the bio. Trey Mitchell joins us next. Trey, congratulations, sir. How are you feeling today? I feel good, man. You know what an honor it is to be in such a prestigious place, especially being a hometown kid. You know, I, I dreamed of playing ball here at UNA. was fortunate to have the opportunity and to see it culminate in this. It's just a really cool moment. When your phone rings, you look down and you see it's Jeff Hodges. Take us through that, that call, your thoughts, the feelings. Yeah, I'd actually been in an area that day where I didn't have much cell service, and he had left me a voicemail. So when I got back to where I had phone service, the voicemail came through. It was just real basic, hey, try this, Jeff, give me a call back. And I thought it was odd, you know, that he would call me kind of out of place. I don't usually get phone calls from Jeff, but I thought it might be ESPN-related because we do some baseball stuff. Baseball season was going on then. But anyway, I gave him a call back. He just went right into it, let me know that I was going to be inducted in the Hall of Fame. And, man, it was just such a cool moment. Like, uh, I have to admit, it's something that I kind of selfishly desired and hoped for would come in the future. And when he gave me the phone call, it was just – it was kind of unexpected, you know, and in the moment it was just, it was awesome. I, I had such a joy, an overwhelming feeling of emotion, just knowing that all the hard work you put in, you know, finally, these kind of moments are, are what make it worth it when it's over with. I'll tell you, we have a lot of uh, students in our department, our communications department, that are involved at your church, Underwood Baptist, where you work, and I think they were more excited for you than you were. They were all, they all knew, and they all kept saying, Jeff, have you told them, have you told them, have you told them, and I imagine you received a lot of calls and texts after that. I did. This, the support's been overwhelming, you know, just to see that the people that are involved with this community, and that's what's cool about being a hometown person, you know, is you're, you're vested in the community, you know the people, the people know you, and that's one thing I was so thankful to be able to play in front of my hometown, just to stay here amongst the, the city that I grew up in. My whole life's been here. And so this is support from friends, from family. It's been awesome. Local product, you said you dreamed of playing for UNA. Take us back to the recruiting process, the scholarship. How did it all unfold? Yeah, I didn't sure. I wasn't sure that it was going to work out. It was kind of late in the recruiting process. I haven't heard much from UNA at the time. And I had just gotten back from a tryout, actually, at UAH you know, big rivals, and that's not where I was wanting to be at, but they were the ones that were giving me the most interest. And, you know, when it comes down to it, you really just want the opportunity to play. And not long after I had gotten back from that tryout, Coach Lane called. We went to Riccatoni's. I had a conversation. He offered me a scholarship. He said, I don't have much at this time, but I can give you $200 a semester. That was good enough for me. Like, I would have walked on if he told me I could have. And so 
he gave me the opportunity. I jumped on it, and the rest kind of just went from there. But I wasn't sure it was going to happen. You know, it was it was kind of a last-minute, midnight stroke kind of thing. And Coach Lane pulled through for me, and I'm thankful that he did. You had Coach Lane, you had Coach Keene, and you had your pitching coach, Matt Hancock. What was his impact on you? Uh, I don't have enough time <laughs> in the morning to describe the impact that Coach Hancock had on me while I was here. He he saw something in me as a player that I didn't even see in myself. And, you know, major – Major kudos to him for pulling that out of me. He pushed me to my limits. I know I pushed him to his at times. Uh, we had a very unique relationship, but if Coach Hancock doesn't exist in my career, this moment doesn't exist right now either. And what a career he's had after going on to the Padres. I know that's great. All right, your career highlights. No hitter against West Florida March twentieth, 2010. West Florida was one of our big rivals back then. Take me back to that no hitter. Feelings, memories, how does it feel? Yeah, that day, man, it was crazy. We had actually lost game one. And usually when West Florida came up in the schedule at that time of year, it was real pivotal conference moments. You know, we're trying to make it to the postseason tournament. And so it was kind of a must-win situation for us. And they had a good team. I mean, this is just a year removed for the next year they win the national championship. And they had a lot of those same guys on that team. And so my focus was just to go out and give us a chance to win. You know, they had a really potent offense. So I'm thinking if we can just limit the big innings, you know, give our team a chance to, to stay in it, we might can pull out a big win. And I just had my stuff working that day. You know, you get through the first three innings, you know, shut out, no hit, and you don't really think much about it. It was a seven-inning game back then, doubleheader on Saturday. You get to the fifth inning. Still putting up zeros. I hadn't really paid much attention to the fact that I hadn't given up any hits. I was just so competitively trying to keep us in because at any moment, you know, that offense could fire up and it could all fall through. And we get to the seventh inning. You know, when I went out in the seventh, I had a full awareness of what was going on. So I was just trying to keep the nerves calmed down. I'd done sat in the dugout for three or four innings with nobody sitting around me. You know, like you have an awareness of it. You try not to focus about it or think on it. The main thing is just let's win the game. We were in a position to win. Got the first two outs, had some great defensive plays behind me during that game. You can't have one of those moments without your defense behind you, and they pulled through big time. And then the last batter that I faced was Greg Prawn. He was actually the East Division Player of the Year that year. And I got him 0-2. Kevin Williams calls a low and away slider. I knew exactly where I wanted to throw it, and it's like it just went right to his mid. He swung over the top of it. It was over with, and, man, it was just – it was like a sigh of relief, but also just a, another rush of emotion and excitement. is a really, really cool, cool moment. At what point did Matt Hancock stop talking to you during the no-hitter? Yeah, probably about the fourth inning or so. You know, he, we were just having conversations. He's making sure I'm aware of who's up in the lineup and all that. And I think once he figured out that I'd kind of gotten in a groove, I could handle it from that point on, he kind of just backed away too. That was the most awkward thing about it is just, you're in the dugout and nobody's around you. I'm sitting on the bench. They're all standing up at the front of the dugout. If I'm standing at the front of the dugout, they're all sitting back <laughs> on the bench. So it's just funny, man, how baseball is like that. Only road no-hitter in program history. All right, any other memories from your playing days that stand out? Man, I think just one in particular is the opportunity for us my senior year to make it to the regionals. That was a big moment for us. That was a big moment for my senior class. We had a really, really cool group of guys that year. And being a part of four different UNA teams, each team has a different dynamic. But that group, man, we really gelled together. 
and we had some good talent. And UNA, you know, historically has always been a great baseball program. And they were known back then for postseason appearances. But the first few years I was here, we kind of struggled. You know, we'd make it to the GSC tournament, but regionals didn't happen. They had kind of faded out. And we really wanted to put UNA baseball back on the map, you know, as a postseason championship-type program. And having that opportunity, getting to that point, you know, eventually losing in the semifinals uh, of the South Regional. But we had an amazing year. I think it really – it was a catalyst for the program for the next three or four years. That was just another big highlight as well, getting to enjoy that and have that opportunity with those guys. And I, I was I was blessed to have the time that I did here at UNA. Looking at your, your Hall of Fame plaques, I don't see any mention of the ESPN broadcast. we got, we got to get them to add that part. Yeah, we got to work that in there somehow. I need to work on my game a little bit in that area. we got a new season coming up soon. Looking forward to seeing the Lions get on the field. Last thing for you, Trey, before I let you go finish enjoying this Saturday. Have you thought about your speech? I know you have. Can you tease us a little bit about what you're going to talk about? I have. You know, mainly it's just going to be a lot of thank yous. You know, this moment, it's it highlights the, the individual and the player, but it's really about the people that surrounded them. And if it wasn't for this university, you know, if it wasn't for the coaches, if it wasn't for my family supporting me, my dad spending countless hours throwing baseballs at me, playing catch in the backyard, you know, you just you don't get to these spots. So that's kind of what I'm going to highlight is I appreciate the honor, but I also want to recognize the people that helped me get here because without them, it doesn't happen. And now the roles are reversed. Now you're in the backyard playing catch with your son, right? That's right. That's right. I mean, he's – He's growing up so fast, and he's constantly wanting to take a few cuts. We got some tea work in the other afternoon, so it's it's funny how you get to swap sides of it, and who knows what's in store for him one day. Trey, congratulations, man. Enjoy today. Thank you, man. We're happy to welcome in Pat Swoop Jackson, a member of the UNA Volleyball Program from 1985 to 1988. She won four straight Gold South Conference championships from 85 to 88. Combined record of 111 and 50 during her time here at North Alabama. First team all Gold South Conference selection in 87. All tournament in 86, 87, 88. GSC Defensive Player of the Year in 87. All South Region in 87 as well. Go to RoarLines.com to, to read the full bio. It's pretty remarkable. Remarkable. Uh, Pat, it's great to have you here with us. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be here. You get the call that you're getting into the Athletic Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. What's the instant reaction? Um, I was surprised, and I just screamed. <laughs> I'm sure I just, I'm sure I was hurting Jeff's ears when he made the phone call. Take, take us back. Andy Jones, she walked you over to get on the podcast with us. Andy Jones, I, I call her the godmother of female athletics here at UNA. What, yeah. what's, what's her impact on you? Oh, it's profound. Um, Andy, uh, I just love her to death. You know, and she taught me so much during my time here at UNA. And, I, you know, I always say that I take a lot of my leadership skills from her because she was, she was fun-loving, and I'll talk about that again today. She was fun-loving, and she was fierce and always focused, you know. And so, and she had us uh, that way and built, you know, built a great team around all of us. And so I just love her. She's like the big sister I never had. People love volleyball here, and the run really started with you guys, right? The, yeah. the four championships that you won. Take us back to those days. I mean, how much pride do you have in that? Oh, a lot of pride. I, I got to do that uh, with it's three of us that was on those teams, and that was uh, Shay Lindley, Julie Jones, and my and me. And so it was just a great time. You know, we you know Andy prepared us to to be in that moment. You know, we worked hard, we played hard, 
and and there were tough times. I mean, we had some tough competition, uh, but we managed to to get through it every year. We played Jacksonville, I think, every year in the in the championship, and so it was just it was a great moment. Any championships moments that stand out for you? We love a good story. Oh, well, I can't think. I mean, it's been a long time. I can't think of anything uh, anything today. Well, let me just say this. It wasn't a championship moment, but um, it was um, we played against um, Mississippi University for women. And we played them every year. And they had this uh, tall girl on the team, and she was an African-American young lady. And um, we never could beat them. We never could beat them. And so my senior year, um, we were in a tournament, and um, we were playing, and we were behind, and um, something kicked in, and one, I think it was Stacy Westmoreland, came, went, came back and said, let's beat them, and I was like, okay, yeah, let's do that, and we came back, and we beat them for the first time in my four years here, and I just remember I cried like a baby, and everybody kept saying, why are you crying, why are you crying, and I was like, you know, just because we beat them, we've been trying so hard for all of these years, and we've had great teams, and with this team, we, we were able to do that, you know, so that was a special time. You've mentioned a lot of names yeah. that you used to play with. Mm -hmm. How often do you stay in touch with former teammates? Um, Facebook, you know, allows you to do a lot of that, you know, social media. So, you know, it's not as hard as it used to be. Um, but I am uh, uh, attended a game recently. It was last year. I came to um, a game and met with Andy and Renita uh, and uh, Julie Jones, and we watched a game together. Now, UNA, it's a family affair for you guys, right? Oh, yeah. your, your husband graduated from UNA. Your son graduated from UNA. You and your husband both have master's degrees. I mean, it, it's pretty good to see all the purple and gold in your family. Oh, yeah, we're excited. You know, we push that purple and gold. <laughs> we love it. Y'all beloved UNA. And so, yeah, Greg and I, just my husband Greg, um, we decided to come back and get our master's uh, about five years ago. We got it in two, we finished it in 2020. And then my son, he initially started out at Troy, and then he transferred here as a student. And he just recently um, uh, applied to get his master's here. Oh, so, that's great. So oh, everybody yeah. will have the double-double after oh, yeah. this. I do have a daughter as well, uh, Miss Kennedy. And um, she's a, a junior at Alabama. So she decided, uh, you know, to take a different route, and we're okay with that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll accept that. All right, yeah. T take us through the rest of your life. Post-volleyball, what have you been up to? Well, you know, I've, I've had a, a, a great career, a great ride. UNA prepared me for that. Um, I've been in management, leadership, you know, most of my career. I'm currently at Huntsville Hospital Health System. I am the director of patient experience and advocacy, and I've been in that role for a little, almost it'll be 19 years in January. And so, um, I've, you know, I've just had, I've had a great ride at um, Huntsville Hospital. It's a great place to work. I see a lot of alumni there. You know, we've got a lot of alumni. I'm a department head. We have a lot of alumni in our um, middle and senior level leadership. You know, it's nothing to, to see, you know, uh, the, the purple and gold there. Uh, if I see, if I have an uh, application comes across my desk and they say they've gone, attended UNA, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call them in for an interview. Now, we talk a lot how Florence and UNA has really grown over into that Huntsville-Madison area. Yeah. For you, what's it been like watching the growth of this university? 
I was telling when we were driving in this morning, I was telling my husband it's so different, especially like on the Cox Creek area, you know, all of the growth on there. It looks it looks different, but it still feels like home, you know what I mean? You know, so uh so it, 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 it the campus is beautiful. I like the way that they've paved the the street down in front of uh what we used to call the sub. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So they've paved Can't they, drive through it can't anymore. Drive, you know, all the all of us driving through very quickly. I said they they, they thought we were coming through through too fast i guess but yeah yeah it's different and the campus is beautiful we're catching you before you give your speech right yeah. how much time and thought have you put into it can you tease us with a little bit of the message oh yeah you know it, my message is going to be about taking a, it takes a village you know I'm, I'm here because of a lot of people uh that have imparted you know their wisdom and knowledge in me and that's that's why i am who i am today because of the people that shine their light on me such a great day. We're so excited for you. Congratulations, and thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. We welcome in another Lion legend, one of the most decorated student athletes in the history of any sport here at UNA. A UNA soccer player, Chloe Roberts, joins us. Played for UNA from 2009 to 2012. Scored a school record 93 career goals. Also tied for the career assist record with 51. A four-time first-team All-Goal South Conference pick. Four-time All-Region selection. And UNA's only four-time All-American in any sport. Unbelievable career. Chloe Roberts, we're so happy to have you here with us. Thank you so much. It is great to be back. Now we got to start with you coming back and just how you got here because you're mm -hmm. coaching at Marshall now. Mm -hmm. it, the stars kind of aligned right where the team's in Alabama at Troy but mm -hmm. you were able to come up for yep. today. Yeah I remember getting a call from Jeff um, and he says I've been trying to find your schedule online for Marshall. What are you doing September 30th? And I said probably got a game Jeff. And he's like uh, where is it? Can you make it? I was like let me check my, where we're at. And what are the odds that we are in Troy, Alabama? Um, spoke to my coach about it, and he let me fly different to the team. So got in yesterday, um, explored the university again. Um, it's awesome to be back. Um, there seems to be some awesome changes that have been done, new buildings. Um, it, it's just surreal because um, last time I was here was about 11 years ago. Um, so it's been awesome, and I'm really glad that it worked out. I'm really happy to be back. Last time you, you were here, was that when you were playing, or have you made an appearance since? No, the last time was when I was playing, so 2012 would have been wow. the last time I was here. Yes, so it is crazy to be back. What's the emotions today? I mean, outstanding <clears throat> career, getting into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's something that I never thought would happen. Um, you know, when I came over from England um, back in 2009 when I was 18, you know, you, you walk the halls of Flowers Hall and you see the Hall of Fame boards, and it's like maybe I'll get on there one day and you don't actually think it's going to happen. Um, and then it does. And I remember getting that call from Jeff and I was just like, this is surreal. Like it's, it's just crazy. It puts a icing on the cake of me for my playing career. Um, because you know, I had a successful one and this is just kind of, um, the best way to end the close the chapter fully on the playing career. You, you look at different errors throughout UNA, you know, eighties, <coughs> basketball football were really good volleyball softball mm -hmm. 90s football a mm -hmm. little bit of basketball in there soccer really took off when you guys arrived have you thought about that much that you were kind of in the golden era for UNA soccer <laughs> yeah we had a very strong class that came in that year in 2009 and we just had a great blend of players that came in in that class along with the players that were already here um, and we were able to create something special over my four years um, you know we we won the Gulf South Conference Championship 2011 we made the NCAA tournament all four years. Many players on the team got accolades for different things. Um, it was amazing to be part of and one of the best experiences I ever had. 
And then you, you look at players from that team. I'm going to leave a couple out. Mm -hmm. Holly Loud just left UNA. She's mm -hmm. at Arizona State now with Graham. Mm -hmm. uh, Nikki Brown, Joe Chubb, both mm -hmm. off coaching Division One. You, mm -hmm. you as well. What's yep. it been like seeing everybody not just have outstanding careers, but going off and succeeding as well? Yeah, I think that's awesome to see too. You know, um, they stayed in America like me, and it's so good to see them still being involved in the game in some capacity. You know, when you get done playing, uh, you try and find the new direction in your life. And um, I'm really glad that we've kind of gone the coaching route because all of us had great soccer brains, soccer IQ, and I think can really help influence uh, younger females to be the best version of themselves. Um, we went through a lot in our time here, ups, downs, um, and I think we have a lot of experiences that we can help the younger generation be better. 93 career goals. Do you have a favorite? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Probably one, even though we never won the game. Um, it was in the final of the Gulf South Conference against West Florida, and there was 30 seconds left on the clock. And I still vividly remember Nikki Brown crossing the ball. I happened to be on the floor at, the same, at this time, turned the go and struck it with 30 seconds left to tie the game to take it to overtime. We didn't end up winning it, um, but it's one that kind of sticks out just in our, our never-give-up attitude too. Um, and everyone always believing that whether it was me or someone else that was going to score, um, we were going to tie the game. Um, so that's probably one that sticks out. People always ask me this, and I'm like, that's really the only one I can honestly remember. <laughs> there was a lot, but, um, you know, i got to give credit to the teammates. I wouldn't have had any of those if they didn't pass me the ball, and we didn't have the team that we had. So a huge credit has to go to them. I just did the easy thing and put it in the back of the net, but they put it on a platter for me. It was definitely a great run. Loved watching those teams. All right, it's been a while since we caught up with you. Mm -hmm. Take us through post-UNA career. A lot of coaching, right? <clears throat> yeah, a lot of coaching. Um, so got done here playing 2012. Then I graduated in 2013 here um, with my degree. I took a year out, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and then I got a graduate assistant job at uh, Nebraska Kearney, a Division II school. Um, took that job, uh, was there for two years, continued to stay there, took a, an assistant role for about a semester. Then there was a coaching change. Um, the university gave me the interim head coach job there until they were going to find someone. Turns out they ended up hiring me. Uh, so I was the head coach there for four years. Um, and then wanted another change of direction. Um, and I ended up getting in contact with Marshall. Um, and I've been there for the past 18 months, and it has been a joy. Um, playing in, like, just coaching in the Division One level is different, um, and it's something I always wanted to do. Um, so I'm really enjoying my time. Players are great. Um, university's great. Community's great. Um, and I just want to keep building on myself and trying to be better. We're always pulling for you here in Florence, Chloe. Let's wrap it up, wrap it up with this. You're rocking an awesome purple blazer. Thank you. You got it for today. You're mm -hmm. about to go in there and give your speech here in mm -hmm. just a little bit. UNA, Florence, you're from England. What does this place mean to you? Oh, it means everything. Um, you know, they shape me for my future, basically. The opportunities I got given here, um, the experience that I have are priceless. Um, so I owe a lot to this university, the community, the athletic department, teammates, coaches, It'll all be said in my speech here in a little bit, um, but there's a lot I need to be thankful for. And it's just great to be back seeing old faces. And um, like I said, I just want to keep inspiring the younger generation. Um, but North Alabama will always have a special place. Chloe, congratulations. It's a big day. We hope you, you enjoy it. Appreciate it. Thank you.
We welcome in the ultimate lion legend. She coached volleyball, she coached soccer, and she did nothing but win championships. Nine total championships, six in volleyball, three in softball. Now she joins me on ESPN Plus broadcast for softball and volleyball. Andy Jones, how are we doing this morning? Doing well, Ben, and you said I coached soccer. Bless them, that would not have been oh, possible. Oh, excuse me, I, that was, I, just was chatted, I just chatted <laughs> exactly. with Chloe Roberts. That's exactly. my mistake. But, uh, but yeah, just, just doing great, just so glad to be here for this occasion and see see these folks again that uh, have meant so much to the UNA program. You've got a former player going in today, Pasilla Swoop Jackson. Yep. She was part of four of those championships. Yes. So what's it like for you seeing her get that honor? Oh, just so well-deserved. She, she was one of the ones that really helped get the tradition started of winning and uh, obviously having won four in a row when she was here. She was a major part of that and uh, just so delighted to see her get that honor what kind of player was she oh my word uh ben she's about five foot two or three i guess she's wearing heels today so you can't tell how short she is but could jump out of the gym and for somebody her size to be as successful as she was on that level she was an outside hitter hit left side hitting over big girls and was one of the best defensive players that i've ever coached and i would say all around for her size, probably the best player that I was uh, had the privilege of coaching, just that good all around. She referenced several other of her teammates that are in the Hall of Fame, several of her teammates that, that she still keeps up with today. I mean, in general, I mean, what's it like for you to see so many former volleyball players in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, it, it's just so neat to, um, to see them recognized uh, for their contributions and just, you know, how much they meant to the program and uh, – yeah, there's several of them that I feel like down the road should be, but you know, uh, a lot of them just played like two years, and so it's it's hard to get that re recognition uh, when you're just a two-year athlete. But man, what contributions so many of them made through the years. And then you look, volleyball and softball are probably two of our more popular sports, and you can tell by the crowds that we still get today. I mean, for you, that's got to be pretty cool to still see the support. It it really is, and and to see. To see volleyball now and just the crowds that are showing up and, and what Tristan Johnson has done, the level that that they're playing now, they've, they've just come so far in the year that he's been here. And I'm just so excited to see that they're turning things around and they're beginning to build that tradition back. And uh, that's just uh, great for me to see. Why is it so important for you to come back every year you're here? Yeah, yeah. Well, I – you know, it just means something for me to uh, acknowledge these people who have contributed so much to the UNA athletic program because it is near and dear to my heart. And, um, you know, to see it be successful and continue to be successful uh, means a lot. Then for you, too, uh, you, you did a lot with Title IX. You did a lot for all of female sports here at UNA. Chloe Roberts is going in. Matt Peck's going in. He won a national championship. We talked about Pasula. Every year I'm amazed at just the incredible females going to our Athletic Hall of Fame. Is that something you're very proud of? I, I am, and, and I tell you, I'm, I'm happy to see Matt Peck go in. Matt came in after I left and sort of reaped the benefits of the, the Title IX stuff that went on, and so – uh, you know, he was able to get better facilities, get better travel, get better equipment, uh, get better practice time, those kind of things. And so to, to see him rewarded and, and what he did when he came in, I mean, he just really ramped things up another notch. 
and to get to the national championship and win a national championship, you know, just fantastic. But, but you're right, just to see the quality of women also that are coming into the uh, Hall of Fame uh, just means so much. And, and soccer, uh, that's another thing, too. Soccer got started after the Title IX thing. So, you know, that program was added uh, afterwards because we had to get more student athletes, female student athletes. And so, you know, just uh, to see those soccer girls going in and being acknowledged, that's just great. Uh, I get to vote on the Hall of Fame. You vote on the Hall of Fame as well. And, and I'm amazed every year when you're going through it, it just, wow, I can't believe this student athlete's not in there. And then you think about the wave of student athletes coming up. It's pretty remarkable. It really is. And, and you think, man, there's going to be so many more that are coming out that are going to be added onto this list. And you see how long the list is right now. And then you know the quality of people that are about to come into it as well. So it's just going to continue to be great and to thrive. Inducted in 2008, take me back to your induction Saturday. What do you remember? Oh, uh, I just remember all of my family being here, how much that meant, the support and the support they gave me through the years. And, uh, just some of my former players that came and just getting to see them. And uh, it was just a really special day. What advice would you give the six as they're getting ready to, to give their speeches today? Just take it all in and uh, just enjoy the enjoy the day. It's a fun day. Andy Jones, thanks for taking the time to chat with us. Thanks, Ben. Always great to talk to you. Next up, we welcome in North Alabama's all-time leading rusher, a 2004 inductee, back for the second consecutive week. Tyrone Rush, it's great to have you here this morning at the Hall of Fame induction. You know what? It's great to be back. It's great to be here two weeks in a row. I feel like, you know, going back home to Mississippi and then actually coming back, but it was more of going flying back to L.A. and then coming back home again, which is, you know, it's just amazing how things are working out in these last two weeks and actually seeing some old athletes, old teammates, basketball players, and also seeing the new inductees. It's just, I'm just happy to be a part of it. How was the reunion last week getting to see a lot of faces you probably hadn't seen in a while? Yes, uh, you know, meeting up with Cody, haven't seen Cody in like almost 30 years, which is, it, it, you know, we, we can't do, like I was telling him, we can't do that anymore. We got to make it, you know, a shorter time. Also seeing Jeff Sherball, uh, Israel Rayborn, who is a comedian. Yes. <laughs> who is just, you know, I love the guy to death. And, you know, Jeff Red Cross and a lot of other more teammates, which it was happy to see. Kenyatta, you know, Kenyatta uh, Jones was, you know, seeing him and also seeing his son play, which is like, wow, this is, this is great, amazing. There's a great photo of you all lined up in formation. Were you ready to take a handoff or take the pitch? You know what? I'm always ready. It's like uh, old coach used to say in high school, stay ready before you get ready, you know. It was good, and it, and it felt refreshing, even though we probably would have run like two plays and been gassed out. <laughs> How was it for you get to see Bobby Wallace again? You know, uh, seeing Coach Wallace, it was great, emotional. Uh, words can't explain what that man has done for me and for the team and for other players as well too. He's one of the all-time coaches I would put on a pedestal for like really taking care of his, you know, players and former players and things like that. Now for you, why was it so important to come back back-to-back -back weeks like this? Well, because, you know, life is short. And over the years, I've actually have heard a lot of some of teammates from college and high school teammates are just dying and I said to myself and I said to Christine my better half I said look 
this is an opportunity that I can actually get to go back and accomplish things that's having the reunion and also the Hall of Fame, which I haven't received my medallion, which I suppose I received it several years back. And I said, I'm going to do it. I said, I don't care what the cost is doing it. I said, this is worth it. And when you want to go home, you're going to find a way. And I did that. And I'm so proud that I have. How did it feel to go up on that stage today and collect that medallion? You know, it, it was tears inside of joy and also just doing this and actually having one of my best friends, uh, Tony Stitch, who flew all the way from L.A. as well, to see that moment is amazing. It's so amazing, so amazing. You were inducted back in 2004. Uh, Take me back to your induction ceremony. What do you remember? What stands out? Well, what I remember when uh, Cedric Warnett, he was my guest speaker, and he just kind of shared the story of Tyrone Rush and how what I came from and how I grew up and actually how I was a big part of the UNA football team and the community. That was my most memorable moment and seeing people cry by him telling that story and by me getting up and saying my story about myself and seeing how people really actually cared about my story and how I used to live and how this institution became my home. It was, it it will be always memorable moments with that. I want to go back a little further as well. Priscilla Swoop gets inducted. She played volleyball in the late 80s, Luther Tiggs as well. You were here kind of in that turn into the 90s with the championship years, but everybody was winning, not just football, basketball, volleyball. What was it like being a student athlete with all that success happening? You know, it was great because it was like the energy kind of passed on to all of the athletic department. It was like one department of basketball, they won the championship before us. And I remember talking to some of the players, you know, like, you know, Fred and, um, you know, Ricky, those guys. And I was like, you know what, we're going to be doing that next year. And we did. We actually did. That's 92 when I said to them, I said, you know what, we're going to win it next year. And by golly, (laughs) we won. We won. And three more years after that was great, you know. Was it a lot of uh, friendly competition amongst teams? Yes, it was. It, It was. It was more of like, oh, I see you guys trying to do what we already have done. And I was like, you know what, but we're going to continue to do it. But, I mean, it was it brought all of us together and brought us closer and also a close net of, like, athletes that normally don't hang out with each other. Next thing you know, we're, we're hanging out with each other in the mall or the performance, you know, like in the student center here. This was all our, our meeting neutral ground here. And, you know, like you say, it wasn't like there was a separation of – departments of basketball players hang with basketball players football players playing with football players baseball players hang with baseball everybody hung with each other which made this school more of an elite status of athletes we, we love a good story on this podcast and coming up next we're going to hear from johnny long i call him the ultimate line legend <laughs> yes. do you have a favorite johnny long story oh my gosh uh, who don't <laughs> i mean i remember i i think we was playing against valdosta state and I think um, we was actually, we was down. And when I actually hurdled the guy, and I remember Johnny Long like, oh, oh my, oh my, what? You know, I can't say what he said <laughs> because it, it's not for radio. 
But just looking at him and seeing his reaction and just seeing him like, ah, he was shaking you. I'm like, and everybody's like, Coach, act like he just did. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, everybody loves Coach Sloan. I yes. mean, Coach Sloan is like a father figure to mostly every athlete that passed through UNA. I mean, this guy is a legend of his own. And if you're going to say UNA, athletic department, Coach Sloan would be in that conversation. Definitely. Great guy. Last week for you, it was kind of the return to campus. Uh, this week, are you able to kind of take enjoy it a little more? Maybe what, what's the agenda this weekend for yes, you? Yes, you know, just – you know, showing my buddy Tony, just showing him, like, hey, this is where it all started for me. Also, just letting everything soak in this week. Because last week it was just all the excitement and meeting everyone. This week is more laid back that I can just walk through campus and just say, wow, I remember this. I remember this. And it's just, you know, just reminisce on great memories. Great, Great memories, memories indeed. We appreciate yes. you reminiscing with us, Tyrone Rush. Thank you, and I thank you for having me. Next up at 1999, inductee into the Athletic Hall of Fame. He needs no introduction. Johnny Long stops by to wrap up the podcast. Johnny Long, Coach Long, it's great to have you here. Every year you're back at this event. Well, thank you, Ben. I appreciate it. It means a lot to me to come back and get to see uh, uh, all these uh, people that's Went to school here and made a contribution, been very successful, and come back and see them recognized for the things that they've done. And uh, it's, been, it's a really uh, big day for me. I know it's a big day for them and everybody with, at UNA in the background. So it's a, it's a special day for special people. Ty Vardaman pointed out on the way out the door that you're thanked in just about every single speech. And you, not only are you inducted, but it's almost like every inductee has to thank you. Does that hit home for you? Yeah, yeah, it does. It's, uh, it, we were just talking a while ago before the, the show here. Uh, it, 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 it is special because, uh, as I sh- share with you, man, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I had an impact, but I don't know if it was good or bad. But uh, uh, I, uh, evidently, I had a lot of uh, I- impact because a lot of people thank me, and that means a lot. That means. <laughs> so that goes to Albert Owens and. Uh, from Birmingham, and uh, I love all of these guys and girls here that that uh, had an impact on my life, and I hope I had an impact on them because I tried to. I tried to. Kind of stepping away from the Hall of Fame for a minute. Last home game was the 1993 National Championship reunion. Of course, you were around for those championship years. Uh, what was it like for you being around all, all the old familiar faces? It was great because you don't get to – see them uh, that much usually come back a homecoming or something like this the hall of fame day to day but it was really good to see a lot of the guys that i hadn't seen in a long time and uh some of them had changed put on a little weight as you expect but uh, as a whole i think they all really look good and it was really good to, to see them uh, those people talking about uh you know we go back and i've shared this with you a lot of our conversations uh some of the uh, the coaching staffs that preceded uh 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 well, came after, I guess, these championship teams that was here. And they said, well, how did they do it? How did they do it? I just don't understand. The coach is always asking me this. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you what, they had players. They had players. And, and I really and truly, you you, you got to be a good coach. But I'm gonna, uh, to be a really good coach and be successful, you gotta have you got to have players. And we had a lot of players. And uh, and one thing that I, that I listened to those guys last week, they had each other. It was a team uh, uh, for those three years. It wasn't about I, me. It was it it, it was us. We, well, yeah, we. Um, they were, they had each other's back. That's what a lot of them said. Yeah, we had each other's back, and they were special. 
and uh, and they, and you know and they were successful with that. So it was it was really good to see those guys, and uh, hopefully that uh, uh, you know in years to come that maybe we'll see this area again sometime. But that was hard to do, as you know. That that is people don't understand. You can win, you'll win a lot of games, but but actually to win three championships, national championships back to back, that's a that's hard to do. And I'm a pessimistic, as you know. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, the, the last year and a half of those three seasons, listen, they wasn't a doubt in my mind that when we, I don't care who we played, we were going to win because we just had better players. Uh, and, and you know this, Ben, you've you got to be have everything all, everything all intangible. Coach Wallace is intangibles. Remember him talking about in, he talked to him, he talked about intangibles, intangibles. Uh, and so a lot of those is coaching and, uh, and then players, but then you had to have you had, you had to have some luck uh, along the way. So you take those three intangibles and put them together, and, and the, those guys were very very su- successful. Uh, and you, you know uh, continuity, I think, uh, which I learned from Coach Wallace, and I think he you know he was young when he got here. It sort of reminds me of the staff that's Coach Dearman and his staff here. They're they're young people, but as I look back, and uh, he had to have some. He did get it up getting Coach Slater and Coach Hyde uh, as the offense defense coordinator. He had to have some stability, I thought, and some experience and, and people that could uh, settle down young people. And, uh, and I think if you look back, after he made that decision, uh, we got lots better. Uh, and then he kept the young people out for recruiting and whatever, you know what I mean? But uh, I think he kept stability on the, uh, on the team and made them successful. Coach Elliott, do you want to join Coach Long and I here on, on the podcast before you get out the door? <laughs> yeah. You, you want to sit? You, we got an extra headset. You want to have a seat with us? Come here, Coach. We'll see if we can't throw him on there. This, this would be good. I sat with him in the, in the uh, uh, while ago with the awards given out. And uh, he's, a, he's a trip. So we've been through a lot of, we've been through a lot of things. He's a, hey, he's a, he's a national championship uh, uh, coach. And uh, so uh, – He's had a very successful career here at UNA. Before he, Coach Elliott joins us, what stands out to you about his tenure and his championships? Uh, hard worker. Took over a follow. Did he follow Coach Jones? He did. Uh, he, and that's hard to do. I, uh, you know, I, I don't I, – I say, uh, you know, I, anytime somebody's been very, very successful and then you're the coach that's, that's, uh, that's going to follow him, hey, that's hard to do. And, and, uh, and I give a, a, a lot of credit to uh, Coach Elliott because coach he asked me you know about about your championship and, and whatever but i'm gonna tell i tell i told uh, ben and i recommend you uh or commend you for this because it's hard for you to do because you followed a very very successful and popular coach that's hard to do and oh yeah and, no uh, doubt. and but yeah. then he he i think what i saw coach uh uh he he was himself you, you didn't i don't think you tried to be somebody else or coach jones or whatever uh, i think you took all the the your mentors and put them together, but what I saw most that you was yourself and, and very successful. And so, and I congratulate you on doing an outstanding job. The times you were here. Well, I appreciate that. I'm gonna hire you to <laughs> be my bodyguard from now on. Gary Elliott joins us with Johnny Long, an '03 inductee, national champion winning coach. Uh, Gary Elliott, Luther Tiggs goes in today. Uh, tell us a little bit about Luther and the kind of player he was. Luther, uh, we tried to get him out of high school, but he signed with Cincinnati and. Uh, Luther was uh, probably one of the best point guards that uh, you know that we've ever had here. Uh, he was uh, handled the ball well, and um, I think he's a leader in assists. I'm pretty sure. I don't know, but he's uh, 
was a great ball player, no doubt. And uh, I don't, uh, I know when he called to come back here, he had gotten unhappy at Cincinnati and uh, for various reasons and everything. And I think mostly just being that far away from home. Yeah. But Luther is probably one of the you know better point guards that we've ever had here, and uh, did a great job for us. And I tell you, uh, you know Luther uh, coached there in Huntsville uh, or Madison, you know, for so many years, and had a great record. Probably one of the better high school coaches that uh, you know was around the area, and and just uh, I know I coached high school the high school team here for two years and we went up against them uh, over there and uh, he's probably the best coach that uh, that I ever went against in the high school uh, of, of all the ones that we played and just did a great job coaching now Jeff Hodges mentioned it before he got inducted that I think most of the starting five and a lot of the bench players were here to, to see him get inducted today a lot of former players what's it like for you when you see so many former guys come back oh it's a it's a pleasure to, to see them there's so many that uh, probably deserve it and haven't gotten it yet that you know and that always happens but uh, it, it's a pleasure to see the players that you coach you know uh, getting in getting into the Hall of Fame and everything and uh Probably with the uh, coaching time that I had here, I don't know if, if I'll have any more <laughs> because of the time period and you know in between and everything. But uh, it's great to see Luther. He deserved it very much, and uh, you know we had other lot of, a lot of our other really good players that played with Luther gave him support by being here today, and it yeah. was good to see all of them. For, for both of you, the 93 championship was here last week. A lot of former players are here today for the Hall of Fame ceremony. When you get around with, with some of the familiar faces, are the stories as you remember them, or have they been embellished a little bit? <laughs> I don't hear some of them, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, they're fun to hear and listen to things that you never knew about. That's the big thing is, you know, you hear stuff. It's just like uh, somebody was telling, I mean, I was talking to somebody, uh, Brant Lou Allen, who was our manager, and he said, uh, Coach, I need to get with you sometime and just tell you some of the stuff that's <laughs> happened when you didn't even know about it. <laughs> and that, you know, and that's what you hear, some of the things like that. And, uh, but, uh, and I still hadn't gotten with Brant. Of course, he had the tragedy of uh, his uh, wife's father, father, Jake Steskel, you know, passed away not long ago. And then uh, I think Brant's father passed away right after yeah, that. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so... Uh, we're still going to get together, and I'm going to hear some stuff he, uh, that he said that he wanted to tell me. And so that's the kind of things you hear from former players and former managers and everything. Coach, what about for you, Coach Long? Yeah, yeah I was going to ask a Coach. Uh, now, now, Buck, you coach Buck. Yeah, right? I coach I, Buck. See, I, listen, all these players. And so here's, here's something that uh, Buck Williams, uh, uh, and he's a character, right? Yes, he and, is. <laughs> and, uh, and so all the stories, and, and most of the stories about Buck are true. But listen, Buck has got Coach Jones, uh, what you call him, the, his mannerisms or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Buck has got Coach oh, Jones yeah. to a T, doesn't he? Mannerisms, when, yeah. Mannerisms. When we came in today, he's got, you know. Uh, Gosh, he, dog. <laughs> oh, yeah, he got. He has got the mannerisms of Coach, Coach Jones. He's got him down to a T. And and, and, and Buck's a. Uh, uh, he's, he, he's, he's a legend in, in basketball oh, here, yeah. without, without a doubt. He, he's, uh, he's, he's something else. Uh, the stories for you, Coach Longer, are they embellished or are they as you, you remember uh, them? To uh, be honest with you, most of them are, are pretty, <laughs> pretty factual. Uh, uh, 
think you know like coach said sometimes you you don't you don't know something that goes on but uh, be honest with you and coach knows this as well as i do and even ben as an athletic trainer uh your players confined and he knows more than we do <laughs> yeah, about our yeah, players yes I I, that, yeah you. yeah that's exactly right and that but but that's just how it is uh, uh because a lot of times uh, athlete, uh the athletes or they got problems or something's going on or whatever that they they'll, they'll come talk to the athletic trainers which they won't go to the that's to the head coach and that, that's, that's great exactly with that. right yeah, yeah no and that's bad. where we get a great relationship with the players and and then that of course the, not many of the players some of them probably do but then they don't realize that that I'm listening, you know, or any athletic trainer, they're listening. If you've got a good rapport with your coach, and like Coach Elliott and I did, uh, then, then if it's something that he needs to know, you know, if it's, uh, then shoot, boom. I'm in his office and that coach, uh, you know. And so then he finds out sometimes things that he, he really needs to know. And then sometimes he don't find out things that he needs to know. <laughs> I don't some things him. I don't need to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some things that he don't need to know. So I'm sure as heck not going to tell him. But there's two sides there. Uh, and uh, so – Yep, them players will come tell you, and, and so I I hear a lot of things. I've heard a lot of things, and uh, and, and and really truly, most of them are, are true. You know, most one thing too, coming back to something like this, you'll hear one of them tell you something now that they would have never told you. Yeah, back then. absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. That's, that's, that's what's kind of funny, yeah, you know, it, like that. Yeah, it, when I listen to coach and some of the guys today talking, I'm just sitting there laughing and listening because it's funny as heck because they're telling coach things that, that they probably never would have shared, you know, with him before. Of course, coaches are uh, – they're smart too. <laughs> There's another side. So they, 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 they know their players pretty good. But let me ask both of you this. In the late 80s into the early 90s, there was a lot of success, not just basketball. Football was taking off. Volleyball was rolling under Andy Jones. Uh, take us back. You know, what was making you in a click back then? What was so special? Coach? Uh, you had them all. You had I had them all. Uh, uh, yeah, to be honest with you, uh, I've had them all. Uh, but uh, I think uh, the – Recruiting has got to be one of the biggest recruiting, things. Recruiting, you know? yeah, and and being honest with you, and, and young people coming in like Coach Elliott, and uh, I think uh, you know you look back and and, you, and see if I'm right, uh, the the whole staffs here at UNA when I came from from the president on there, everybody here had been here a long time, right, oh, yeah, Coach? Exactly. And, so, yeah. and I'm not, and so sometimes after a long period of time, they has to be a, need to be a change. You agreed? Oh yeah. And no uh, and I think that's one of the biggest things that I that I have seen that that uh, the philosophy of the school ch changed and uh, and when that changed that it it changed everything and uh, and then it, so we just went from the top to the bottom and the coaches became uh, uh, younger uh, and and the philosophy and the sports changed like a tremendous I think amount. during that time too the president that we had Dr. Glott, oh, he oh, was sports minded oh. and I mean just and not that the one here is not now but I'm just saying you know he would call you over to his office and tell you that he told me some <laughs> when I first got the head coaching job and uh he called me over about two days later I think I've told coach Long this and he was saying coach you know uh uh, I'm glad to, that we're hiring you to take over Coach Jones and all this and go on. And he says, you know, I don't expect you to win the uh, conference every year, but I expect you to finish in the top echelon. But he says, I will tell you one thing. If you lose more to those teams that dress in red <laughs> than you beat them, he said, I'm on fire year, you know what. <laughs> and he told me that right straight to my face, talking about Jacksonville. 
and uh, Livingston and Troy, because yeah. yeah. they all wore red then. Yeah. And I tell you what I did. I uh, I was supposed to speak to the Rotary <laughs> Club that next Thursday. I went out and bought me a red blazer, <laughs> and I wore it to that so I can have to tell them that. <laughs> Hey, listen, I, I can uh, vouch for that. I, and he probably fired you, but because he, <laughs> he didn't like those people in he didn't like those people in red. But yeah, national championships '91 for you, football '93 to '95. Just how fun was that run in the '90s for everybody? Oh, it was great for us, you know. To be, of course, we had had that one in '79. So you know, after I remember saying something there when we was at the national tournament, how they talked to all the coaches and said. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I said something like, well, it's been 12 years. It's time for us to win another one, you know, before the tournament started. And we were lucky enough to do it. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, quite exciting when you have uh, a chance to do that. Hey, hey Coach, just, I know it probably run out of time <laughs> just before you came. Uh, and you won a national championship, so I wouldn't, I'm, I'm teasing you now in a way, <laughs> as you know. I said, but you have some, some damn good players. Oh, God. <laughs> damn right. You ain't going to win it without good players. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you that there's nothing more important on a good team to have good players. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, you know, you talk about coaches, that, good coaches and stuff like this. But if you ain't got the players, you're not going. You know, you might still be a good coach, but you're not going to win. Yeah. <laughs> players are the thing you have to have. I mean, people that can play. You know, that's one thing here. Uh, uh, another thing that you asked at the previous question here, and I see if Coach agrees with this. Uh, we started, I don't know, after got Dr. Glock, maybe a little bit before, but, but those 20, 25 years he was here, our recruiting picked up tremendously, don't, don't you think? Oh, yeah. We, we, we started getting, in all sports, we started, and that goes back to the coaches because, you know, they got to get the players here. And, uh, and, when, and when they were, you know, really in, in, in recruiting, what little bit of me just being around the coaches, you know, these guys are taking a chance. They, they don't know how I'm going to be when they recruit me, right? right. And how am I going to turn character. out? So sometimes there are surprises, and then and sometimes there are, you know, some disappointments. But, but these guys are taking chances, and, uh, and they, as you, as you know, we've been talking about it. We, I think the recruiting got so much better. I think the coaching got uh, so much better. And then, our, and then really and truly, I think then our facilities, which I think it helped because uh, we, yeah. really, we didn't have any facilities really at all hardly back then. But now, uh, then, then the facilities started changing. And I think it just helped to get, get better players. And then you get, you get better coaches, you get better players. I tell you what, yeah, just what you're saying, if you don't have the players, if you don't have the players, you're not going to win big. I mean, no. you're just not going to do it. I mean, you – they're, they're the most important thing, yeah. no doubt. I, I always say this, and I talk to the co coaches and people, and y'all, uh, us three know this. Uh, uh, you know, really and truly, uh, sometimes I think you have the, some of the best coaching in high school, especially in high school, and maybe some of the colleges that people that don't have the, as good a talent. I, I think maybe these guys and girls do probably a better job coaching than somebody that has the players. Yeah. Does, does, does that make sense? Yeah. Because you just don't have the – uh, you know, you just don't have the. One thing about uh, having good players, you don't have to do a whole lot of coaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And that's the truth. Yeah. I mean, that great year that we had, you know, about when we beat Murray State in that game at Murray State with yeah. Popeye Jones, when we did that, I told Coach Gamble, I said, you know, this is going, I think we're going to really have a good year. I didn't think that up <laughs> until then, but I said the biggest thing that I did after that was I'd go down and 
before the game started, I'd sit on the bench and I just said, just keep your mouth shut, and, and should, you know, because uh, they, they're handling it and they're doing what they're supposed to out there. And don't try to overcoach or do anything like that. You just sit there and let them do it, you know. Well, guys, this has been a lot of fun. Johnny Long, Gary Elliott, appreciate you guys joining us here on the podcast. Thank you. It's fun. Sure.